Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the 415. My name is Raina Starr. Joining me as always will be the incomparable Star Bustamante. The 415 is brought to you by www.wildhunt.org. Check out the Wild Hunt, the Pagan Paper of Record. Uh, it should also be noted that the 415 uh, and, and any opinions expressed on the 415 are those of the hosts and do not reflect on uh, the Wild Hunt, Desperate Housewitches, or any of their subsidiaries. So it's been a wild one, folks. Let's get into it. Okay, Star. Where hey, are we going Elena, first? How are you doing? I'm well, good. We, we had. Uh, an unexpected visitor today that I didn't know he was coming until he showed up. And apparently, just to, just to kick us off, um, apparently uh, Donald Trump told everyone in North Carolina today to go ahead and test the system by voting twice. Are you kidding <laughs> me? Did you hear yeah. that? Oh, yeah. Come on. Yeah. This is desperation in forms that I did not know could exist in a candidate. He never fails to fail. It's one of the most amazing things I have ever seen in a political campaign. You know, it's bad enough that we're in a situation where we're still under a pandemic, we're still trying to reopen our state, and this guy comes and shows up and says, guess what, kids? I want you to try to prove me right by doing something illegal. Because to the best of my knowledge, trying to vote twice is still a crime. Correct or not? I think it is. It is. It is. It is. It, um, in fact, uh, well, I don't think there's much uh, chance of anybody being able to vote twice. Uh, North Carolina, at least in North Carolina, um, they have some pretty uh, good protocols in place to prevent uh, anyone from voting twice. If you vote early or use an absentee ballot, um, then your name is removed from uh, the rolls that that go to the polling places, uh, which means that you know they can they know that you've already voted. Uh, also. Uh, uh, provisional ballots and mail-in ballots are not opened until Election Day, uh, so they're not tallied that way, but they already have a record that, that you voted. And those are checked against, like, signatures. I mean, there, there, are just a, there are, like, 13 different protocols in place to prevent people from, um, from voting twice. Uh, absentee ballots within the state of North Carolina – are some of the safest in the in the whole country, and every state has some, uh, you know, has pretty good protocols for that. 
and there are states, let's, let's not forget that there are a number of states that you can only vote by mailing in your ballot. So, um, you know, I mean, it's all lunacy. Uh, you know, I, I was not surprised when I, when I, when I heard that yesterday. I mean, I, yes, I was surprised that if anyone would have said it, of course it would be this idiot, but, um, yeah. Yeah, there you go. I can't disagree with anything you just said. I mean, but you know what? There's always going to be that Trump enthusiast that feels like they have got to test the system because Dick Watts, oh, by the way, sorry, guys, I forgot to do the disclaimer about language. Um, So now you have it. Uh, The 415 is rated R for content language and whatever else I might say, because if you've ever listened to Desperate House, which is, you know you might be in for something. You never know. But we try to keep it a little more classy on the 415. I'm doing my best. It's been a long day. This is just aggravating as hell, because you do know that somebody's going to try this. If he says it, there are a bunch of crazies that will fall in line to actually do everything in their power to make their leader happy. Well, the the irony here is, um, for those of our listeners who uh, who do not keep up on on uh, what happens in the state of North Carolina, uh, there was a, a rather large case of voter fraud in the 2018 election, which. Are, Yes, involved a Republican candidate and uh, ballots, provisional ballots uh, and absentee ballots that were collected. Um, and the person that was running for that um, state House seat uh, narrowly, faced, uh, narrowly avoided being, being charged uh, with, with voter fraud. Um, although he was almost assuredly guilty, and his own son testified against him. Uh, I remember. Yeah, so uh, that was the the biggest fraud case, voter fraud case, uh, in many years, and one of the first in North Carolina in quite some time that involved absentee ballots uh apparently the candidate had hired this guy to send people out and collect other people's ballots and told them that you know they didn't have to worry about signing them or even filling them out that they that they would take care of it yeah yes so (laughs) and um, of course let's let's not it's not lost on me that this was done by the republican candidate there's no current evidence in I don't know how long that a Democrat has even attempted to do this. I'm sure at some point someone did something screwed up because human nature is what it is. But for some reason, when Republicans start screaming corruption, it doesn't take long from the voice to find a guilty party in their own party. So I just find that amazing. It, it, you know, it astounds me. They keep talking about law and order but it's only a phrase that suits them when they feel like they can use it to uh, bash the quote-unquote other, the non-white, non-necessarily Christian, non-wealthy, penis-on-occasion Americans. I'm just saying that the 
the level of hypocrisy and ironic hypocrisy on top of it is just like a double whammy to me because it seems like anything they accuse the other side of doing, they're doing it because, I don't know, maybe they figured out it was easy to do and they've gotten away with it for so long uh, that they feel like at any moment uh, Democrats might exact some kind of revenge and attempt the same things. Uh, as far as I know, while no party is perfect, I would certainly take a Democrat over a Republican any day of the week, um, especially when it comes to cases of this kind of corruption. And listen, Democrats aren't corruption-free. I'm not saying that at all. You know, uh, Patrick Cannon, uh, Charlotte, uh, previous Charlotte mayor, uh, did some dirty dealings. Listen, I will call out anybody who's doing it wrong. You know, I call, I'm, I'm happy to call out liars and bullshit on both sides, but it just seems like the other side has a dearth, a larger amount a consistently larger amount of this kind of uh, shenanigans. But anyway. Well, so what, I mean, you're always going to have you're always going to have a few cases of uh, of voter fraud. Uh, no, no matter what you do, because you're always going to have have people who uh, are going to going to try and do things. Uh, in a way that they feel is going to work to their advantage. Sure, sure. And, you know, I mean, it's not like no one has ever tried to cut corners or ensure a victory before. I'm aware of that. But when you actively have the President of the United States and his minions tell people that if he doesn't win, everything was obviously rigged, P.S. He said that during the 2016 campaign, and lo and behold, he won. Therefore, nothing was rigged. Really? How is that possible? If Democrats are so evil, how come they weren't able to defeat him? And here he goes again. So he's already setting up the country to not believe a Biden win and to only believe a Trump win. I'm just... I, I've never seen this be done. I, I guess we've never been in a position where we didn't agree on what the basic fundamentals of fair play and rules are. And it just seems like they're all about stretching and ignoring and twisting uh, whatever they have to do to stay in power. I, I didn't realize how delicate our democracy was. And is. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, if you look at the history of politics in this country, <coughs> excuse me, um, you know, I mean, you can go all the way back to the beginning and, you know, I mean, uh, politics has often been fraught with all kinds of nonsense and, um, you know, the, the term muckraking is both tied to newspapers and politics uh just for our listeners just so they know on facebook i i've posted some links under the the show head headings oh um let me just say uh that we did in fact post some links 
for early voting, for, for folks who are wondering about early voting. Also, the voter registration link is up on the show page as well, in case you need to know about uh, the ability to vote in your state and when that starts, the early voting, the registration times. Um, everybody kind of needs to know when that starts. Because I will tell you folks, it's a good idea to vote in person. I understand that um, everybody has been talking about doing mail-in ballots for quite some time, get them in early and do this and that and all of those things. But I'm going to say, I think this election more than any other election it is critically important that you show up to vote. And early voting is really the best way to go. You don't want to have to deal with the slowdown of USPS. Um, although they have promised to not continue uh, to do any of the slowdown activities that have been taking place, they haven't reinstituted any of the uh, machinery that helps folks sort the mail, nor have they put back any of the uh, mailboxes that they promised to, that, that they not promised to take, but that they actually took away and removed, those mailboxes are not being returned. So they have, in fact, already made it more difficult for people to vote. Um, and so please check out those links so that you know uh, when you can start voting, and also where to go to vote early, because it's not necessarily the spot that you normally vote. I actually have to go to a completely different town in order to early vote, because my local uh, voting place is open on Election Day and Election Day only. Uh, therefore, if I want to vote early, I have to make a little bit of a trip, which I find completely worth it. I am planning to go the first day which in this state is October 15th. So, actually vote and register at the same time at some of these places, please make sure when you are looking at places to early vote that you are making sure you don't have to be registered before going there. You're looking specifically, if you've not voted before, you're looking at for one-stop uh, voting, which is registration and voting. They can register you on the spot. So. For all our 17-year-olds who are about to turn 18, congratulations. Get your hindquarters out there and make sure you cast a vote. This is a really important, every election is important. See that, that whole thing of this is the most important election of our lifetimes? We say that every election. But this time, democracy is really on the line. It's not a, it's not a joke. It's not hyperbole. The country that you are now living in is not the country I was raised in. So 
uh, if you want anything that resembles normal again, I must advise that you uh, get yourself registered and get to a polling place as soon as possible. I uh, just want to remind you all to check out wildhunt.org. That's www.wildhunt.org. All right, so let's move on. Uh, we, were, we were talking a little bit about the witch hunts in Africa and the Asian countries. Um, I understand uh, the Wild Hunt has done extensive detail on this.
You can hear me now. Very good. Sorry, I was talking to myself for a second, y'all. Um, so I, what I was saying was, um, wow, okay. I don't know where I left you, but hi. Um, <laughs> let's move on into um, the voting rights amendment. Let's go into the 19th Amendment, because we were just talking about voting previous to this, and... Um, I think it's important to discuss. such a precious thing, and I don't think folks realize um, how long it actually took to fight for it. You know, 1920, this was a radical idea, the fact that a woman would vote, you know, so it was, it was hard to get support, very difficult, and it's, it astounds me that it still is being threatened almost daily with these you know, subtle ways of stopping minority, not even subtle anymore, certainly not subtle in this day and age with, with Trump, you know, he's very bold and out there about the fact that he doesn't want anyone who would disagree with him to not, not vote at all. You know, he would be more than happy, I'm sure, to take away the rights of everyone who doesn't agree with him. It just seems to be the manner in which he handles uh, the presidency and everything else, you know. When you have somebody as carefully guarded and as he is, it's pretty astounding to me that um, people did not know about him before now. You know, every everything that he does, every day that he opens his mouth, it's like a new outrage and a new um, cut against the norm or what we would hope is the norm. You certainly would like to think that women voting and, you know, people of color being able to vote isn't that radical an idea, but apparently in their world it, it's gone back to being radical. 
for folks now, you don't even know how to react anymore. It's crazy. quote-unquote, and I'm like, well, the CDC says this, 
wait a minute, didn't Trump take over the messaging from the CDC? Or, or have I got that wrong? How do I know what I'm supposed to trust these days? It's very confusing for me. light of it, but it seems like that's a lot. I just, 
I'm just concerned about our ability to vote. I do understand that North Carolina is really good about keeping track of who's already voted and who needs to vote. Um, but we've got to, you know, listen, medical science is riding on the line here because, quite frankly, if you enable Trump to get another term, these bits of misinformation, these things where people are going to die in very large numbers, that's not going to stop. It's only going to embolden him and his administration and make it so much worse. You will not know if you're coming or going. This is not the time for third-party voting or anything else that's a luxury. Third-party voting, in my opinion, is only a luxury at this point. just for me. This is only my opinion, and I that's why I make sure I state it. And let me state it again. The opinions expressed on the 415 are only those of the hosts <laughs> of the show. Um, speaking of hosts of the show, let me remind folks, the 415 is brought to you in cooperation with The Wild Hunt. Check out www.wildhunt.org. So let's move on. What's our next topic, my friend? Oh, yeah. You are not kidding. We have had rain here almost every single day for four months, at least. It seems longer. I'm not sure. What's going on? Well, I think we're beginning to see pretty serious climate change. Yeah. You know, I've heard a lot about fires. They seem to be constant now. Like every five seconds, there are wildfires breaking out in insane amounts, and they're so hard to control. I don't know if California is currently under a drought, but it, it, it just seems like nothing is helping. Everything is just burning there. Are you saying I'm being hyperbolic? I know. I'm so sorry. It just feels like everything is crashing and burning. Then maybe it's just me. <laughs> well, they have seen some of the worst fires in decades. Yeah. to recover? I mean, how does it take, is it possible to recover from something like that? You know, we hear every summer about these extensive wildfires and, you know, they, they spend weeks trying to get them under control, it seems, and you, you lose huge pieces of land and, and property. And I just wonder what it takes to rebuild after something like that happens because your life is devastated. You know, do industries come back once this happens? Do houses come back? Well, I think it depends on the area. Yeah. So, like, take the Paradise Fire, which was two years ago. Mm Mm-hmm. 
is still not really recovered. Mm. And I think you're going to see more of that this year. Yeah. But you've also got national forests that are threatened. Oh, gosh, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. there's just, they're not getting enough rain. They've been pulling rain from other, other water, water, I should say, from other states. Wow. But ultimately, it's climate change. It really feels like we are in a, in a situation now where it's not retrievable. You know, we've talked about it. We've, we heard Al Gore talk about it for years and years and years. We heard other people talk about it for years and years and years. And it seems like humans have been given many, many warnings, and nothing seems to take in a real sense. You know, it, it's kind of one of these things where people have really great intentions, and they do the best they can, but if we're not all pulling together, is it even helping? Is it working? Is there a point left? Are we are we really beyond the point of of you know sane environmental practices? Because it feels like maybe it's because everything feels out of control right now. I don't know. Well, here's the thing: the planet will survive well beyond us. True. <laughs> We're going away. Well, you know, and it's funny because during parts of the pandemic, depending on the lockdown situations, we saw more animals, like I think a few species even came back from nowhere. It's pretty astounding. You know, uh, there were reports in other countries of animals that they thought were extinct suddenly reappearing. Um, now, that's, that's not always the greatest thing because in some places snake encounters apparently are up as well because there are fewer people. Therefore, the snakes are able to come back out uh, in larger droves and they're trying to reclaim some of the land. Um, for folks who don't know what the term ecotone is, ecotone is when you are building um, too deep into animals' territory, which could be considered pretty much everything and anything at this point, but it's, you've lost the balance for humans and animals. And it was really in evidence during the pandemic when certain places would be closed down and people were off the streets or not going into the fields or not seeing each other so much or being public. Um, you know, so I wonder if we already saw that just in the little bit of time that we've had lockdowns, I don't think it would take the earth once we're gone really that long to recover at all. And that's, that's kind of a sobering moment. When you think about it, well, we wouldn't have had the coronavirus at all, except that we're going into places deeper and deeper and interacting with animals fast, in this case, probably, to carry the disease. Yep. 
We have brought this shit on ourselves. <laughs> That's just a plain way to say it. You know, humans, <laughs> we were warned. We were told, you know, they tried to get us to all do the right thing. But, again, you can't have some people do the right thing and everybody else slack off. You know, it helps only slightly. Well, one of the tiny animals that was just rediscovered was the elephant tree. We reported on that uh, a week or so ago. It's cute. I saw it. Well, just the amount of hurricanes we're having, there's never been two hurricanes to form at the same time in the Gulf. Wow. Really? It didn't happen this time. Yeah. But it could, it totally could have. We were that close. It, we were, yes. It seemed like it was very close and threatening us and a lot of people we know, as a matter of fact. That was too close for comfort. I had not seen anything like that. I understand it's rare, but you know what? The more systems that we break down, the less rare certain things are going to become. This is just a perfect example of really missing it by just that much with to, to devastating effects, devastating effects. Folks who remember Hurricane Andrew, Hurricane Hugo, those were devastating. Imagine two storms combining together with their full impact at the same time. The devastation would be absolutely beyond belief. And it, I mean, we'd be recovering for years as opposed to just months. And months is a long time for humans. So you can only imagine if you're wiping out actual masses of land where people inhabit them. Um, I mean, Hurricane Katrina, I remember mass exodus, you know, people having to literally move their entire lives to other states because everything was a loss where they were, you know. Very frightening, very frightening. There have been a number of increasingly dangerous storms. We're on track this year to have more named storms than we've had ever. Wow. Where where are we now in that projection? I mean, I know we've had a few. Um, are we actually now in the midst of the most severe part of hurricane season? Or is that even still a little bit later? Because it's now September. I always think of hurricane season being, you know, when it's warm. Uh, it used to be a thing that we thought about more of during summertime. But, you know, with climate change again, you know, we're having much warmer temperatures a lot longer during the year than we normally would. You know, it seems like we've gone to two seasons you know, when I moved to North Carolina almost 30 years ago, um, <laughs> a long time ago, uh, you know, the weather had four seasons, pretty regular. Uh, but over time, it seems like the transitional seasons, you know, between extreme hot and extreme 
cold where you have spring and fall, it seems like spring is merely a couple of weeks and fall is also merely a couple of weeks before the temperatures are extreme. But it just seems like summer is much longer as in number of months than it used to be. And when you have all of this warm weather, it, you radically increase your chances for, you know, hurricanes, tornadoes, depending on where you live, all of these weather, uh, these dangerous weather situations happen. And, you know, we're, we've not done ourselves any favors. This is true. So, as far as hurricane season goes, it begins on June 1st and runs to November 30th. Damn! That's long! <laughs> That's a long time! So, we're, we're right in the middle of it. Oh, my gosh. Wow. That's but it. This is the first time I can ever remember them upping the number of stars. So they started out, they said that they estimated between 13 and 19 named stars. Yeah. And they upped that to 19 to 25 named stars. Wow. That's tremendous. Is there a particular time during storm season that is particularly bad or or worse than any other time in in, in the season? Because that's a lot of months. I mean, June to November, that's, you know, five months. That's a lot, <laughs> you know? Well, that's for the Atlantic hurricane season. Wow. 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 Holy Toledo. Uh, usually, it's before August and uh How many have we had at this point? Do you have any idea? Uh, so far, we've had a total of 13. Wow. Jeez. Wait a minute. Maybe more than that. I don't think that's right. Huh. Interesting. It just seems like the weather is so extreme. I mean, I've never seen this amount of rainfall locally where you have, a, I mean, it's, it's a lot like Florida. When I lived in Florida, we had rain on a daily basis. You know, it would only last 20 minutes, 25 minutes. But now we have rain events with massive thunder and lightning that goes on for several hours at a time. And, you know, more than half of the days that I can remember over the last four months have been cloudy with rain. And it's just so unusual. And before folks think that, that extra rain is necessarily a good thing, it depends. It depends on how the rain falls. If you have a torrential situation, the ground cannot absorb all of that readily. So you have places of flooding and runoff. The places that can absorb that level of water, you have trees, old trees, potentially uprooting because the ground is not staying hard enough to keep the tree steady in the ground. So, I mean, neither of those situations, you don't want drought and you don't want flooding. You know, it's, any extreme in that manner is going to be potentially dangerous. 
Yeah. And we've had a lot of extreme weather. Yeah, and it's not letting up anytime soon. So what happens to folks, you know, are there places that, that I mean, are we set up as a country for, for places for people to go when this incredibly threatening weather is coming? Because all of the friends I've spoken to have been in the in the crosshairs of these things. You know, a lot of the time they're like, eh, going to ride it out, or eh, I can't leave, there's nowhere to go, or, I mean, is that something that needs to be considered by the government, that we need to start setting up places for emergencies? I thought we had these things. So I'm, I'm curious to know if we, if, if it's something that is, you know, as storms get worse and the numbers get higher, that we need to consider more shelters or, or emergency evacuation places? Generally, that falls to the states. Hmm. Interesting. So, so Florida has, you know, shelters when there's a hurricane. Yeah. As do most states that are impacted by, by that kind of weather. Mm-hmm. It's individual states. Now, of course, the federal government provides aid in the form of FEMA. They usually send it like the National Guard and because people can bring water and help them set up uh, tents and whatever's needed to house people. Hmm. You know, and I have a question for you regarding that as far as allocation of funds. So I was curious about this, and I meant to ask you about it earlier. When we have a situation where the federal government is deploying the National Guard for things like, um, I don't know, protesters, does that severely impact the budget as far as when those folks are needed elsewhere in times of actual emergency? Because I would think that's coming from the same pot of money. Uh-huh. I know that funds are allocated for uh, emergencies. There are, there are a number of different federal funds. Ah, okay. That that says a lot. Okay. I didn't know that. I figured, see, because I'm, I'm not so knowledgeable about how finances work in the government, so my, my feeling was that, or my thought, or however incorrect, was that, you know, every um, – department has a certain allocated amount of money and that's what you get and how you use it is how you have to use it depending on what's going on in America. So I guess there are certain amounts of money allotted within departments for certain things. Is that correct? That's my understanding, but also Congress appropriates funding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in a, in a national disaster, mm-hmm. Congress could appropriate more money to deal with that. Interesting. Good to know. Whew. That's why states will ask for the president to, de- you know, to declare their state under a national disaster or whatever. Right, to get more funding for necessary things. Gotcha. Okay. Well, that makes good sense. See, it helps to have somebody who knows more about it than I do because I don't know that much about it. 
but I'm willing to learn. And so far, we've had 16 names gone. Wow. Oof, boy. So while we may have had more than half, we're nowhere near out of the woods, is what you're saying as far as storms go. Correct. Oh, boy. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I still feel like we need a do-over on 2020. <laughs> um, I don't know what to do about it. It's confusing. I'm lost. Half the time I wake up and I don't know what's going on. <laughs> and I just want the nightmare to stop. Well, so we have some notes here. Not yeah, probably not. Because even if even if everything were to change tomorrow, there is still a level of recovery and hopeful recovery that we really don't know how long it would take, you know, because I don't think we're really 100% on how much damage has already been caused. I don't think you ever, in any situation, whether it's a regular work situation or you know, a relationship situation, you're really never sure about how much damage got caused until after they leave. <laughs> and you see what's left over and what you've got to deal with. <laughs> it's pretty astounding. So I'm sure there's going to be things, as much as we know right now, I will guarantee you that there's stuff that we're going to be like, what? <laughs> that we don't even know about yet. And that's going to be really interesting. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, you know, we had some notes here about uh, the weather impacting ancient structures in Saudi Arabia. Yep. So yep. I'm assuming that, you know, these things that are made out of stone and sand you know, are kind of falling apart because of the weather. You know, I've seen, I actually saw something about a structure, and I, and I, I apologize for not remembering where it is, but they actually had to, they had these stone temples built into the ground, and they had to build tarts over them. I mean, and we're not talking about small structures. We're talking about a huge underground temple. Oh, that, was, that was in, uh, where was that? Madagascar, maybe? Maybe, maybe. But it was fabulous looking well, they, they and fascinating. All these churches, they're, they're all of these churches or temples. Yes. And they put tarps over them to try and uh, protect them as they restore them. Yes. So these extreme weather patterns must be not only hampering their ability to keep them intact. I mean, I'm sure they feel like they're fighting a losing battle. This must be very frightening, you know, when you're trying to preserve any kind of ancient structure, especially something built literally out of clay and water and sand, you know. Well, a lot of these monuments have lasted for thousands of years. I mean, the Sphinx's face is worn off from the sand, you know? Yeah. That's, that's a reality. Yeah. I think the article, though, that we're referring was that they found some new structures 
in Saudi Arabia. Uh-huh. And they're just now identifying them as being part of something. They're not really 100% sure. Wow. Really? That's fascinating. Yeah. So they were under, I mean, so they were recently discovered. Well, they had always, I guess they had always known that they were there, but they didn't realize what they were. Oh, okay. Interesting. So, it's, so it's, they were first reported in 2017. And they referred to them as gates because of the, the way that they're laid out. Uh-huh. Interesting. But now they've, they've kind of changed their perspective on that, and they think that they were platforms and up to these structures, and that there was some kind of ritual or something. Oh, wow. That's, that's fascinating. migratory. Huh. They didn't live on the side. Interesting. Interesting. Can't wait till they find out more about that. It's pretty yeah, fascinating. It's really yeah, no doubt. Anytime I get to hear about, you know, how ancient peoples worship, I find that's fine. Um, you know, I, I think it's pretty amazing, and uh, I think it it says a lot about religion in general and how people worship, and I, I find that always to be a fascinating topic. So hopefully we will get to hear more about that in the near future. Um, but for now, since we're almost out of time, I just want to remind folks that we have posted the links to uh, early registration, or rather deadlines on voter registration, and where you can early vote by state. We've got both links posted on the Desperate House Witches page. And uh, we will continue to post that until the election. So we will see you uh, next month with some more voting information, I am sure, amongst other things. Again, folks, please check out The Wild Hunt. That's www.wildhunt.org. And we appreciate you spending the hour with us. Say goodbye, Star. See you, Raina. See you next class. All right, everybody. Bye-bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.